their chief officers. And it, it, it's one of those things that it, it, it's kind of a pet peeve of mine when you see these no confidence votes, because not always, but very often uh, the, the leadership of the department is caught off guard by these no confidence votes. And, and to me, that's a sign that the, the folks in the organization haven't taken upon themselves the informal leaders of the department, some of your senior firefighters, who, whoever it may be, to go and you know, sit down with the administration or with the chief and say, hey, look, we've got a problem. There's a problem here. We need to talk about it and get it out in the open and try and fix it. Uh, and, and a lot of times that doesn't happen. Now, don't get me wrong. If you go in and you spend your time with that officer and you say you've got a problem, you've got the, here's what we see, here's what we're seeing as an issue, and the guy blows you off or the gal blows you off and sends you packing, you know, then they ought to expect the letter of no confidence, and they might deserve it. But very often I see uh, chiefs blindsided by these things. And it, what concerns me the most about it is it, it puts a taint over the position of chief in general. Uh, I, there was some study that came out uh, that said that the average tenure for a, a career fire chief in the United States was about five years. Five years. Mm. That's, that's about long enough to find out which keys go into which locks. Yeah. And you turn around and you say to yourself, if that's the case, who in their right mind would put in for that position? Because really what you're doing, especially in the union department, is you're, you're losing the protection of, of your, the firefighters local and kind of going out on your own. Yeah, you get a little bit of more money. It's a cool position. Maybe you get a car to take home. But if you think in five years and I'm 40 years old, I'm going to be having to look for a job, that becomes a lot less impressive. And you become a lot more wary of moving into those positions. And then what happens is the only people that ever put in for the chief's positions are the people that are just enamored with having five bugles on their chest and don't know a good goddamn about it. Right. Well, I think the key to a lot of this stuff and... You know, you get a lot of he said, she said, and there's a ton of stories. We're going to have a, a, a ton of uh, links up on the show notes for people to take a look at because this is not something that's unique and has just started happening recently. But, man, it, it's about open communication, and that's an aspect of solving problems in the firehouse at every level, whether it's union versus the administration or one shift versus another shift or uh, a- anything. You know, firefighter to firefighter, you, you got to sit down and meet with people face to face. And I think saying, well, they're not going to listen uh, is just it's the cheap way out. You know, yeah, so, that's a cop out. A- absolutely. And I think a lot of times, sadly, that people will use that because they're either afraid or they're still trying to further their own agenda. And the way that they can further their own agenda is saying, well, no, we didn't sit down because they wouldn't listen. And they've said this and this and this in the past. So we're not going to have any kind of conversation with them. And that's just it's oh, so that they can have a one way conversation and monopolize the whole thing instead of actually sitting down, doing the work, having maybe a difficult conversation and not singing kumbaya, not everybody getting along and solving every conceivable problem, but making forward progress and maybe bringing the department up a notch instead of down a notch. Yeah, there's a whole concept. Uh, you know, we're talking about leadership, but there's also a whole concept of followership. And what followership says is that you're going to do what it takes to make the organization successful. And sometimes that means having some difficult conversations, not only with your peers, but sometimes with the officers in your department and saying, hey, you know what? This is a problem. You know, you're about to step in a big pothole. That's one of the things I told my guys the first day I started. I expect you to tell me if I'm about to fall off a cliff. Because let's face it, I don't have the time to get out and visit all the engine companies every single day. And they're there 24 hours a day and seven days a week, and I'm not. So obviously some things can come up that I'm not aware of. And if it's one that's going to be a problem, 
I expect it at the very least my other officers, if not any firefighter, to come up and say, "Hey, you know that memo you put out last week? Man, that was a that was a bad deal. You you really screwed that up. And here's how, and here's why." Uh, I, I appreciate that because I can't know all things at all times. And I think that's the, tr- the trap a lot of chiefs fall into is they get the fifth bugle and they think that they're supposed to be, you know, the guy behind the green curtain in Oz, the all-powerful, all-knowing. And the fact of the matter is you're still a human being. You don't know everything. You can't know everything that's going on in your department. So you've got to depend on the folks down on the line to tell you if they see a, a big pothole coming up so you can steer around it. That's good for the organization. It's also good for the chief, but it's also the bigger picture is it's good for the organization. If you've got a good, healthy relationship that you can go in and tell your officers, your chief, that something's a problem before it becomes a problem, man, you save a lot of time, effort, and energy. You know, if we're talking about this on the fire ground, you're talking crew resource management. It's a simple concept where uh, the people who are the boots on the ground, like you're talking about, have the responsibility when they see something to say something. And that doesn't mean that the incident commander or the chief is less of an incident commander or chief. They're still the ones in charge, but they have the responsibility to always listen and, and when necessary, to seek that kind of uh, report on conditions. And it, what is true on the fire ground is just as true in the firehouse, man. It's simple crew resource management. You got to stay in touch with people and make sure that the culture, that what they know is that even if it's something that you might not want to hear because it's a bad thing, that you still do do want to hear about it. You want to know it and you want to at least talk about it. And everybody can walk away holding their heads, hopefully at least a little bit high and say, look, you know, we, we disagree on this and I'm not thrilled about it, but at least I know there was some kind of conversation. Man, right. It, it's the culture. It's, it is the culture. That's what it comes down to. And there should be an expectation set that you're not going to slaughter the messenger. If somebody comes in with bad news or with some unflattering uh, comments about uh, a, a position you've taken or a directive you set out, you can't bite the guy's head off because he'll never come back. And then you're in the dark. And I can't even imagine. I've got four stations. I can't even imagine a, a big city department with 20, 30, 40 stations trying to keep your finger on the pulse of what's going on. You can't. But you should have that expectation with your folks that if something's not going right, let me know. If you see something that's not going to go right, it's coming up, it's coming fast, let me know so that we can change course a little bit and avoid the problem. That's the, that's the key is that open communication and that no fear of, of retaliation or retribution if you bring bad news to the boss. The message that I'm getting from you, Chief, and let me know if I got it right. The Chief already has to do a lot of talking, but you're recommending the Chief's got to make sure that they're doing a lot of listening as well. Yep, just like they said, the good Lord gave you two ears and one mouth. That ratio is there for a purpose. You should be listening twice as much as you're talking. 